You're listening to episode 79 of the Body You Crave podcast, the one where we talk about why you don't need to feel motivated all the time in order to lose weight. I'm master at life and weight loss coach Jillian Lama, and you're listening to the Body You Crave podcast, where you'll learn how to end emotional eating, lose excess weight, and feel amazing in your body. No cheating required. Keep listening, and I'll show you how. Hey, hey, welcome back. All right, so we ended up skipping last week because I was sick, and I tried recording, and I did. I actually did record. The sound was not very good. I was very stuffy and congested. And it was one of those times when I realized, oh, I've got some really good intentions, but my body just kept saying no. (laughs) My brain and my heart wanted to say, yes, let's do it. Let's get it out there. And my body was just like, no, you need to slow the F down. (laughs) So that's what I did. And it felt like I was sick for about two, at least two weeks. And on this like up and down, I would feel bad and then I would start to feel a little bit better and then I would feel bad again and I would feel a little better. And so It almost reminded me, that's how I felt with COVID. It just felt so long and drug out. And I didn't test positive for COVID, but who knows? So anyways, it was a rough couple of weeks, but I realized I just needed to slow things down a little bit and take the time to rest and relax and recover. So that is perfect. And it perfectly aligns with what do we do when we don't feel motivated? How do I continue? How do I keep feeling motivated in weight loss? And this actually came up because I was speaking with a woman and she was looking for a plan, like a weight loss plan specifically that would help her to feel motivated all the time. And I noticed this comes up often and I just chuckled to myself because I'm like, that plan does not exist, honey. (laughs) And I tried to explain that it's not the plan that makes us motivated. It's not the circumstance. The plan and the actions that you're doing is actually the, it's the action line, right? It's what you're doing but it's the think, feel, do cycle. So if we are doing things, we have to feel motivated ahead of time. And that comes from our thoughts. And so often we just place motivation in the wrong part of the model. We think if I just have the right plan, if I have the right goal, then I'm going to feel motivated 100% of the time. And then I'll get the results. And then I'll keep taking action. When really often what we want is we want consistency. It's not even that we need motivation. We think motivation is what's going to help us be consistent. It's not, though. And I think that's really the important piece here we need to understand. We want consistency with our habits, but we don't always have to feel motivated. We do need to feel something that gets us into action, but it comes from what we're thinking. And it comes from this concept of my thoughts create my results because my thoughts will compel me into action. My thoughts are going to get me in the right mindset and feeling the right emotions to where I can't help but take the action. I feel so convicted that I do the things. So we want to feel committed, determined. Sometimes we want to feel open or curious or willing. Sometimes we are going to feel really motivated. Sometimes we are going to feel really excited. But we aren't always relying on these big high vibe emotions to take action. And this is important because so many times we think, I just lost steam. I lost motivation. How do I just maintain that big heightened state of emotion? And we can't right? Because we have human brains. And the newness of programs is always going to fade. The newness will wear off. And that's a good thing. We are not designed to be going 100 miles per hour Mach 10 all the time. We aren't even designed to have full motivation every single day for a full month straight. It was actually, it's been really interesting talking with a couple of different female clients and how 
the difference between females' hormones and how women's hormonal cycles will repeat or cycle through hormones and hormone levels on a monthly basis. So it's every 28 to 35 days, our hormones are cycling through. Our energy levels are cycling through. So a man's hormones are going to cycle every 24 hours. But our bodies, women's bodies, are going to cycle through on a more of a monthly basis. And so we can actually start to work more with of our bodies and with our brains instead of against it by understanding there are going to be weeks when we're going to be more creative, weeks when we have more energy, weeks when we feel more tired and sluggish and run down, not because we're sick, but just because our hormones are shifting and we're in this different phase. So the book Do Less by Kate Northrup is a great intro into this. I read this a couple years ago. I think it was in 2020. So I actually need to reread it again. But it was really helpful and insightful just to start to understand how we can even time our goals and our actions and what we're doing based in line with our menstrual cycles, because that actually gives us a lot of information as to how our body is going to be operating. And then we're not trying to fight our body so much, trying to keep doing 24-7. We now are going to play by our own rules. And I think this is normal that we have this expectation of I should be able to. I should be able to go 100% every day all month long without realizing, oh, no, sometimes we do need to pull back a little bit. Sometimes we need a break. Sometimes we need the relaxation. Sometimes we need that time for our bodies to heal. Sometimes we need some time for the emotions and the the mental game to heal. And so we should not be operating where everything feels new and amazing. That's what happens with people who get addicted to drugs is they're always looking to feel so stimulated and so high and so amazing all the time. And that's what gets you addicted. We don't need that in order to take action. We need to understand that really our goal is just to be consistent. And the way we create consistency is a simple action plan with the right thoughts, right? It's the right mindset because your thoughts are ultimately what's driving the emotion. And your thoughts don't always have to lead to feeling motivated, but they can. And they can help inspire you and encourage you into action. We can go from feeling discouraged and defeated into feeling positive, hopeful, optimistic, just by changing how we're thinking about things. We can't always change the circumstance. And when I step on the scale in the morning, I can't change that number in that moment. But I can change how I think about it. I can change how I talk to myself. I can change how I show up. And I can also decide that I'm not letting that number define my mood and dictate what I can and can't eat that day. It's normal that the newness is going to fade, that we aren't always going to feel super motivated on week two or week three. It's normal that we need to try to mix things up. And this is part of why I encourage people, like we meet ourselves where we're at now, and then we make 1% improvements. So we are making changes. We are changing things up a little bit. There is freedom in what you get to eat. We're now going to start to make 1% improvements though. So you're still going to be taking steps forward. We don't have to take these big, massive steps though, but the newness can still fade. We want to just keep going though, because we have a simple action plan that we feel really good about following. We're making 1% improvements. And then we've got the right thoughts that help us to stay committed, that help us to stay open or willing, or that keep us in that place of I'm choosing to believe even though my results tell me otherwise. I'm choosing to stay focused on this even though my results haven't fully compounded and given me a result on the scale. And that takes us into the second aspect of like why we can't just rely on motivation. And that is because of the compound effect, which I realize I have not done a full podcast on that yet, I don't believe. So... Making a note of that so that I can come back and do a whole episode on this. But the compound effect, essentially what this is, is it means that 
there are going to be times when we are taking action, we are doing the thing, we're getting 1% better every day, but we don't yet fully see the change. So if we were to boil water and we are raising the temperature of the water one degree at a time, one degree, one degree, but there's a threshold until we actually see the water start to boil. All we have to do is keep increasing it one degree, one degree, one degree until we hit that threshold. We can also see it when we are melting an ice cube. If you can still go from 30 to 31 degrees, 31 to 32, 32 to 33 is when we start to see it melt. 33 to 34, we see it melting more. We are only increasing 1% at a time, but it depends on where you're starting from. Sometimes we are just starting further away. If that ice cube is at 30 degrees, it's going to melt a lot sooner by increasing one degree than if you started at zero degrees. It's just going to take a little bit less time because you are closer to that threshold of where you're going to see results. And this is the challenge, right? It's a challenge for us mentally to keep taking action and to keep doing the thing when we haven't yet seen the results because maybe we haven't hit that threshold yet. And this can come up a lot around the scale where maybe we haven't hit a threshold to move the scale in a certain direction or to get a certain number on the scale but we are seeing results in other areas. So maybe our clothes are fitting better. Our pants are fitting looser. We're using a smaller belt loop. Maybe there are clothes that we haven't worn before or that were like really tight on us that are now loose or clothes that we couldn't fit into three, six months ago that now we can fit into or even a month ago that now we can fit into. And so we really wanna be looking for where are we gathering data? What information are we looking at? And are we going to allow something like a single data point, like the scale, to dictate our mood and to give all of our power to what the scale says instead of looking at how we're showing up for ourselves and the consistent action we're taking and what we're doing, right? Like the consistent habits we're building of sleeping, drinking water, moving our bodies, listening for hunger, assessing overeats, noticing our emotional eating and starting to stop sooner, It's not that we don't ever overeat or emotionally eat, but we catch it so much sooner. And so we have to recognize that it's hard sometimes to, quote, stay motivated because of our thoughts about this time when things are compounding before we see the actual result. And so the book Atomic Habits by James Clear is a great point. And again, I'll do a whole podcast on this because this is a really important piece. This is why people often don't feel motivated is because it's like they're trying to pop a bag of popcorn and they keep opening the microwave door every 30 seconds. And they're like, dang it, why is this popcorn not popping? And then they close it, they turn it on for 30 more seconds and then they open the door and they're like, why do I still just have kernels? And they get so frustrated and they think something is wrong with this bag of popcorn. Something is wrong with the microwave. Something must be broken here. Nothing is broken, we just haven't given it enough time. And sometimes we underestimate the amount of time that it's going to take to see a certain result. So this is just where, again, it can come back to like we can choose to feel committed and determined instead of feeling defeated. We don't always have to feel motivated, but we do want to look at how can we compel ourselves into action with how we are thinking about it. And then the third aspect here of why looking for motivation to lose weight is a challenge here on top of everything else is that we have this age old problem of why is it that I do the things that I don't want to do and I don't do the things that I want to do? Why is it that I can know what to do and yet I still don't do it? Because it's not about knowing what to do. It's about not having the thoughts that compel you into action. It's not managing your mind. It's not potty training your brain in a way where you can manage those default negative thoughts and get it moving in the right direction. And this problem of self-sabotage, procrastination, not doing the things that we know to do 
this problem is as it's an age old problem. It's as old as dirt. It literally Paul talks about it in the New Testament in the book of Romans. The Apostle Paul. Right. He says and he's, I'm paraphrasing here, but he's saying, why is it that I don't do the things that I want to do? And yet the things that I hate, those are the things that I do. So this has been a problem for people. It was a problem 2000 years ago. I guarantee it was a problem 2,000 years prior to that. This is not a new problem. This is just the challenge of having a human brain. And the more we can understand it's our thoughts that create our results, we don't have to rely on motivation. We don't have to rely on the feeling because what we really need to do is rely on our thoughts and rely on our thinking and rely on what we are telling ourselves all day long, how we are thinking about ourselves, how we are thinking about the different challenges and obstacles that come up how we're thinking about this process and the journey and the time that it's taking and all of the little speed bumps along the way. This is a process. We don't have to rely on an emotion. We have to be managing our thoughts. We can recognize that the old shitty default thinking can come in. We can have those negative thoughts and we can redirect our brain. It's like a game of ping pong. Your negative thoughts can come over the net and you can just hit it back and you can just choose. No, that's not something I say to myself anymore. We recognize, oh, I'm feeling defeated. Oh, I'm feeling a little discouraged. And we can allow the emotion of, oh, I recognize this. I'm going to sit with it for a minute. I'm going to just allow it to be here. Take a few deep breaths. And we're just going to choose when you're ready to move on. So give yourself a couple of minutes to sit with it. But don't stew in it. Don't succumb to it. We just want to allow it to be there. And now it's okay. I'm going to move on now. And sometimes for me, it's a matter of, all right, that's not going to get me anywhere. It's like recognizing the discouragement, the defeat, especially when we we might have a goal and and we're just getting started. We still have all week. We still have all month to hit this goal. Don't worry. So it's just being aware of just deciding, no, that's not getting me where I want to go. I'm not going down that road. I don't have to indulge in my drama. I can choose to think different thoughts. I can choose to look at this and I can choose to figure out what's getting in my way. What am I going to learn from it? What will I do differently next time? I spoke at an event yesterday. This is part of what I talked about was this process for success of this process of achieving any goal. We don't have to rely on motivation. We just have to recognize that every time we make a plan, we're going to implement it. We're going to succeed and we're going to fail. And we don't always know how we are going to fail. We can try to look for obstacles and look for challenges. We want to be aware, like, what might get in my way today? But there likely is going to be something that pops up that you didn't plan for, you didn't expect, and that's okay. But failure is part of the process because we are assessing and we're figuring out, okay, what's getting in my way now? You don't have to try to feel motivated all the time because you recognize there will be some failure along the way. There will be some mistakes along the way. And it can get me closer to my goal because I'm going to keep figuring out what will I learn from this? What will I do differently next time? We don't just have to rely on motivation. And then that's often one of the problems is we aren't expecting failure. We think if I just have a perfect plan, if I have a perfect goal, if I have a smart goal, then I should obviously just hit it. I shouldn't have these setbacks. It shouldn't take me longer than I think. I should just automatically succeed. We just often aren't realistic in the process of what it takes. So it's not that I always need to feel motivated. It's that I need to know how to learn from and handle these mistakes and these failures better. I need to learn how to assess without judgment, shame, blame, or self-loathing. That's what we really need. And this is how I work with clients, right? It is on their mindset. It's how they're thinking about themselves. It's how they're thinking about food and body and exercise and their weight loss journey. So we need to learn to build the skill of taking action and doing things even when we don't feel like it in the moment. 
but we're doing that because of how we talk to ourselves. We are talking to ourselves in a way where we feel committed. I may not feel like going to the gym, but I'll say I just need to go for five minutes. A lot of times when I do body pump and I'm not really in the mood, I tell myself I just have to do the first four tracks. That's it. I don't even have to. It's I'm going to do the first four tracks. After that, I can quit. I can stop. It's not a problem. But you give yourself this minimum baseline and you remind yourself too, of, I always feel so good afterwards. Like, I always feel so good after I go to the gym. I always feel so good after I drink water. I always feel so good after I stop when I've had enough. I always sleep so good when I stop eating two hours before I go to bed. It's reminding yourself of, yes, that's really nice. Yes, that feels really good. There's joy and pleasure in that, not just in the food itself in the moment. We don't have to just try to white knuckle and willpower ourselves into doing the action. I don't know. We manage our mind and we start to recognize the negative thoughts and the negative emotions and we stop trying to force ourselves into positive action because that always requires willpower. And that's a finite resource. We don't have a lot of it to give, especially at the end of a day or a long week. That's what we want to start to look at. Your food or exercise plan doesn't create motivation. Your thoughts do. How do you want to be thinking about yourself? How do you want to be talking to yourself today, this week, this month? How can you create more thoughts or, or more emotions like committed, determined, open, willing, curious? This is what we want to go for. And a lot of times when we just start to change, when we recognize the negative thoughts are just our default thoughts that get us down and we choose to think something else on purpose, often we have better thoughts that do get us feeling excited, that do have us feeling motivated, that do compel us into action. We just have to be mindful of what's coming in on autopilot and we have to be willing to change the default. Are you willing to believe in yourself? Are you willing to keep believing even when you haven't yet seen the results? even when you are still working towards those results, even when you're seeing results in other areas, but maybe you just haven't seen it on the scale. Are you willing to keep going, to keep believing, to not give up on yourself, to keep assessing, to keep figuring out what will I do differently this week? That's your goal. That's your homework. And if you'd like some help with this, then I would love to chat. This is what I do with clients every single day. We work through the default thinking the thoughts and emotions that get them down and have them feeling discouraged, defeated, and not taking action, procrastinating and self-sabotaging. And we change that around to where they do start to take control of their thoughts. They start to shift and they pivot. And it's that repetition of weekly coaching and showing up week after week that builds the momentum. And this is such a beautiful opportunity because I work with clients and we, we meet together for six months. And we have weekly calls because we can feel really good in the beginning of the week, and then it starts to wane. Three, four, five days later, it's like we need that refresher. So I think about coaching as detoxing your brain. Let's pull out all the junk and let's fill it in with something good. Get this wheel moving faster and faster. You're going to learn this process of setting and achieving goals without always needing to feel motivated and high vibe all the time. If you'd like some help with that, then I would love to chat. You can schedule your free consultation at www.bodyyoucrave.com forward slash schedule. Find a day and time that works for you on my calendar, and we'll talk through what's coming up for you right now. What is the challenge? What is the obstacle? And I'll help you create a roadmap that gets you where you want to go that's six or 12 months out. We're going to give you that roadmap and a long runway to achieve the goal because there's always going to be things that we don't quite see. And one of the amazing things that I love doing with clients, too, is not just losing the weight, but giving yourself time to maintain it, to be the person who lives in the result, who's not always looking to the scale or their clothes changing in order to validate them and their progress, 
and to get comfortable with who they are and the habits that they have and maintaining those results, really changing your self-concept and your self-belief. That is such powerful work. And then now that we feel good in our bodies and we have energy and we're sleeping well, now you feel unstoppable. Now it's like, all right, what else do you want to create? Let's go out and start doing that. Let's start taking action in these other areas so that you don't just create the body, but the life that you crave. You ready? Let's do it. All right, y'all. Have a fabulous week. Here's to creating the life and body you crave. If you like this episode, then you'll love my free virtual workshop, Five Keys to End Emotional Eating and Lose Excess Weight for Life. You'll learn the counterintuitive reason why all your attempts to restrict food over the years has actually led to weight gain and the mental switch you need to flick that'll have you dropping pounds without sacrificing wine, carbs, or the food you love. Get all the details at bodyyoucrave.com.